What up, though? And welcome to the first episode of the Black Fridays podcast. I'm your host, Denzel Turner, and I'm thankful that you could be listening to any podcast in the world right now, but you're here with me. So much appreciated. And as a token of my appreciation, I have a special gift for you, which is the genius of my first guest. Daisha Bell Humor is an accountant by profession from the Seattle area, but a true hustler by the way of entrepreneurship. She developed a brand undefined to encourage people to be proud of who they are through what they wear. And if you haven't heard of the clothing line just yet, you may have seen some of your favorite celebrities rocking her merch, such as Charlemagne the God, Ava DuVernay, Matt Barnes, and the list just goes on and on. I had the opportunity to go to one of Daisha's pop-ups out in the Seattle area and was super impressed with her products, her business knowledge, and overall messaging of living in your truth. So, of course, I had to have her pull up on me for the Black Friday's podcast, and I hope you all enjoyed the interview as much as I did. So let's go ahead and get into it. Oh, it's good. You are now in oh, the by Despite Jones. If you don't mind going ahead, introducing yourself, letting us know who you are personally and then also who you are professionally. We would love to hear more about you uh, here on Black Fridays. Yeah, of course. So my name is Daisha, uh, as you alluded to. Yeah, um, I am the owner of Undefined Clothing brand that we started or that I started uh, just over three and a half years ago. Um, personally, I guess I'm, I'm from Federal Way, Washington, uh, so not necessarily Seattle, but, you know, we claim the Seattle area since, so you know, that's a zip code or whatever. Um, went to Federal Way High School, uh, graduated from there and went to the University of Washington. So I've kind of been in, you know, Washington my entire life. Uh, and through uh, the University of Washington, I uh, majored in business and administration with concentrations in marketing and finance. Uh, I was originally supposed to major in accounting, and somehow I wound up all the way back in the accounting field. So I really should have just majored in accounting anyway. Um, but now I'm actually doing a graduate program for accounting. So I'm actually currently involved in that, as well as working a full-time job as an accountant um, and then running undefined clothing. And then I also recently started an accounting services uh, firm that, you know, also assists with consulting, business consulting, small businesses, um, bookkeeping and stuff like that. Um, and that's called Seattle Professional Accounting Services. So doing juggling quite a bit, but yeah, in the, the professionally, I guess you could say that kind of 60% entrepreneur, then the other, four, you know, 20% uh, an employee, then the other 20% a student. So, yeah. And that's dope. I, I didn't know. I had a chance to do a little bit of uh, research on you beforehand, just hearing different interviews and podcasts and things like that. But I did not know that you were. So you're a CPA. I'm working on it right now. So technically, I'm an accountant. The CPA, you actually have to go through all the courses and the classes, plus take a 16 hour exam that's broken out into four parts. Mm. Um, and pretty much, I mean, the services that CPAs and, and accountants offer are generally speaking the same. It's just one is certified and the other is not uh, like certified by the board of Washington State and all that stuff. So um, that is the hope is that 
uh, once I'm able to complete the accounting classes, that would qualify me to sit for the CPA exam. And then that would be the next step to actually sit down and take that, which takes about a year or so to get through. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's soon to come. CPA certification is soon to come. But, yeah, right now, just an accountant. Absolutely. And we speak things into existence here on Black Friday. So I'm just calling you a CPA already because that's all already, right. <laughs> yeah, just got to get the paperwork. That's all. <laughs> exactly. It, it's cool to hear you talk about all of those things because you are, even though, like you say, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you know, getting your um, certification as well. And then you have a full time job. But it seems like all of those things are still like within your wheelhouse of what you went to school for in business. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, for sure. Um, yeah, business and administration is fairly uh, general. I took concentrations in finance and marketing. So a lot of my upper courses were heavily reliant on the finance aspect, like projecting and creating models and all that stuff. And then um, the marketing aspect, which I just never really used too much um, outside of obviously trying to learn how to market my own companies. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it all definitely has, has tied in together uh, with everything that I do. And I think has made me a lot more business sound mm-hmm. um, to be able to properly operate. And so you have mentioned marketing. I want to put a pin in that a little bit because I'm by trade a marketing professional. But one thing that I have noticed about your brand is like, I feel like, you know, your marketing and your branding is pretty on point. So, you know, even though that wasn't like your your thing, it seems like you you picked up um, a few uh, items from that and been able to use them pretty well. So I, I wanted to ask if we could dive a little bit deeper into the brand, you know, why undefined clothing? What was the need for it? What made you, what led you down this path to, uh, get the the clothing line going. Yeah, so it's actually funny. When I started, I was not trying to start a clothing brand. Like I literally only started to sell bomber jackets. That was it. I didn't want. I didn't want to do a full fledged brand. I didn't have any aspirations of like, you know, having a full line with all these different types of products. I literally just wanted to create um, two. Two, two bomber jackets. And that had essentially come from the fact that uh, a friend of mine's from high school, Jalicia, uh, and her husband, Trenton, they had purchased these kind of like black power, uh, black culture type coats from this gentleman, like on the East Coast. And I was like, yo, those are dope. And so I bought one. And everywhere I went, everybody was like, oh my God, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? So I tried to do a partnership to essentially like wholesale purchase the coats from him to sell them out here, grow his brand and earn me money at the same time since everybody just wanted the coat anyway. And he basically like, he never messaged me back. I mean, I was persistent for like six months. You know, I'm really keen on trying, you know, not trying to step on anybody's toes or take over what somebody may feel is kind of like their bubble or their area. Um, and always trying to show respect and pay homage to the people who, you know, started stuff. Um, so I waited for like a good six to nine months before I made any moves towards, um, releasing my first bomber jacket. That was the KXP bomber. So I was literally the first item that I had ever dropped. I had also at the simultaneously designed what is now, uh, the black Panther item. So kind of our hoodies or crew decks or t-shirts that was originally designed to be a coat. However, the actual black Panther design that you see a lot of people using is trademarked by the QEP Newton foundation. I reached out to the QEP Newton foundation and asked them like, you know, let them know what I was doing, sent them the designs for the coat and was like, Hey, you know, I really want to do this. I'd like to be able to use your design. Can I use it? And I was uh, communicating with Frederica Newton and she was basically like, you know, 
it would require a board meeting. We have to get all this consent and we only have board meetings once or twice a year. And it was just this whole ordeal. And so that kind of got shut down. And so I put kind of a pin in the Black Panther and went with the KXP bombers. And kind of from there, honestly, it was like designs kind of just flowed out of me. Um, and undefined essentially was a, a representation of what I felt like I was. And that was, you know, undefined by other people's stereotypes. When I was working my way through college, you know, I, people would always come up to the counter and say, oh, or, you know, do you go to school? And I'd say, yeah, you know, I go to school in the area. And first thing they say is, oh, you go to Highline Community College or one of the other community colleges. And it's like, there's, there's absolutely no knock to a community college using right. that to get your edge, no type of education. Mm -hmm. But quite frankly, why is that the only thing that I, you would, you would, that, why is that the only place where you would think that I would go? Is a CC. Why couldn't I be qualified for SPU or UW or Seattle? Like there's so many other colleges that are in this area. Why is that the first one that you, you know, you pick? And so then you've got, you know, I've got these locks and, you know, originally they weren't this long. They weren't this clean. You know, when, when you start, you've got to go through that real grungy rough look and, uh, you know, having locks in the white collar financial world is not necessarily like look, it's, it's pretty much frowned upon, you know, um, unless you're able to kind of keep a clean look and tailor your fit to what the corporation kind of wants. And so it was just kind of all getting hit with all these different stereotypes left and right, you know, that it was like, well, nah, that's like, that's literally not me. I, that, that doesn't fit my description at all. And so undefined essentially became a representation of who I was and, and what I felt like I was, which is undefined by stereotypes. And so legalized blackness was like the second design that I actually came out with in 2018. And it just blew up last year. So it's like every single piece that I create is like specific to my identity or specific to, you know, the experiences of others that are close to me who take on these minority and marginalized groups. Most definitely. And I, that's one of the things that I really identify with and appreciate it about the brand just from the, the uh, messaging on the actual clothing. And I, I wanted to ask you as far as that. And you had uh, touched on that as far as, you know, living undefined and then also uh, living in your truth. But as far as the messaging that you have on your clothing, like pro black legalized blackness and then also the, the Black Panther um, apparel as well. What would you say or why would you say, you know, that messaging? is so important to have or, you know, put on our bodies and actually wear it and show people and, and, and you know, put it out there mm -hmm. and be upfront with it. Yeah, you about to take me down a rabbit hole with this one. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, um, honestly, for me, when it comes to being a Black person, a Black individual, a Black woman, a Black gay woman, um, you know, I deal personally with a lot of different intersectionalities of marginalization. And that was very keen for me to kind of bring out, like, you know, when I was go when I was going to school on the campus at UW, even, you know, I have a minor in diversity because I just ended up taking so many African-American history courses, quite frankly, um, you know, in the curriculum, in our high school, public school curriculums, African-American history, quite frankly, is a part of American history, but it's not taught and it's not a part of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, you know, I've always been one to ask those questions from a very young age, even as young as, you know fifth grade like why does everybody look at me during black history month to answer questions like I don't, i'm not the fucking spokesperson for black people you know or going on to high school and asking my um my my high school AP, my ap history professor you know like why isn't african-american history part of the curriculum like why do we literally learn about martin luther king rosa parks civil rights movement and the slave trade it's literally all we've ever learned about from 
elementary school all the way up to high school. I mean, and I know people in the South who are going to school and who are learning about way more history than we know about. Like, I know less about my people than I do about this land. You know, like that to me was a problem. Um, And so I honestly, I always made it a mission to understand my culture and my identity so that I could fully like fight the stereotypes that were kind of out there. Like, oh yeah, nah, but by the way, that's just your opinion because here's a couple, here's a fact, here's a fact, here's a fact, here's a fact that negates everything that you're saying, you know? And so it was always like a passion of mine to drive home um, being representative of black people. And, you know, that for me is such a core aspect of my identity that I felt like it was like, how would it not be included in the brand? Um, You know, I mean, that goes to, you know, just about every aspect to date, you know, I haven't made any um, like women's designs, but I have made pride designs, you know, that, that get to my LGBTQIA identity plus the, you know, black, black gear, black culture items that, um, hinge upon, you know, the black aspect. So yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's like, there wasn't really an option to be honest. Um, and I think that like, I designed this for people who are unapologetic about their identity. It's like, for me, it took me a long time to be comfortable in my skin without caring what anybody else had to say or how anybody else felt about me. And it's like, I think that those are the things that I push with my brand. Like, let's be real. When you walk into a room full of white people with a hoodie on, you probably feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, even if you're black, you still, it kind of makes you feel like, how many, like, am I going to upset a couple of people? With? But then sometimes you got to check that shit at the door. Like, I, I don't care who I upset. Mm-hmm. Like at the end, and, and I think that that's what it is. It's like, we're taught, that we have to like subdue and hide aspects of ourselves when we walk out into the world. It's like that whole ideology of double consciousness. And it's like, that's what I'm trying to negate. You know what I'm saying? When we walk out and we say legalize it, like, you know, there's no question about where I stand on this topic. You can literally read it on my chest from a block away, you know? And it's like, that's, that's kind of the, the push that I'm trying to make. And I, I think that's so important in modern day society, like just being able to be more comfortable with who you are in general and, and just being yourself and, and representing your identity. And I, I think one thing that we all do forget about often is like how that's represented through the things that we wear. Because like you say, working in corporate America, me and you both can identify with that and knowing that, you know, you, you're going to go to work or dress a certain way. Now, do you normally dress like that? No. Would I prefer to look like somebody AAU coach and just be dressed in sweats? <laughs> yes, I do. But, um, you know, that's not always necessarily, you know, accepted depending on the space that you're in. But um, brands mm-hmm. like yours and then other brands who, you know, allow you to um, own who you are, be who you are in your own skin and, you know, whatever you want to message you want to portray or, or just be uncomfortable and feeling confident about who you are um, is very important. And I think that that is where we kind of are in society where people want to support things that have a purpose behind it and a message behind it, whatever it is that that you believe in. And um, yeah, definitely uh, appreciate um, the the different products that you came out with that emphasize a lot of that. And uh, I wanted to ask as far as um, the business. So you had talked about it blew up in 2019. You started in 2018. At what point or what was the point that you were able to that you felt like I have something here? Like, you know, this this is going this is going to be something. This is it. Let me keep pushing and let me, you know, blow this thing up as much as I can. Hmm. So funny story, actually. Um, when I first started this company, 
um, my brand, I only stocked about three to five units of each, you know, each variation item, whether we're talking sizes or colors or whatever. Um, and I had a situation where somebody actually broke into my car while I was asleep in my house, knocked out on like all types of <laughs> pain drugs and all types. I was like so sick. It wasn't even funny. So I was croaked over, wake up in the morning. I'm getting ready to go on my way to work whole tub is missing out of my cart, like an entire bin that had all my most popular sizes, my mediums and my largest. So at that point, honestly, I was going to quit. Like I, it literally took me a month of talking to friends, talking to family, people saying, nah, like you, you got to keep going. Like you right now, this is kind of like a test. And if you pass the test, something's going to be on the other side. You kind of just got to push through it. And like I finally pushed through it and like as soon as I pushed through it was like all right like that was honestly the decision right there it was like if I push through you got to give it everything like there's no there's no you know backpedaling there's no halfway it's like because that means I had to go rebuy everything that was lost because at that point I had started so I, I had just started I didn't have business insurance to cover all my inventory I did have car theft um, coverage but that doesn't cover inventory losses for your business so um, like that's an entire separate business, uh, insurance expense. Mm-hmm. And so that was just stuff that I was unaware of, you know, and I, I essentially had to make the investment to not just go rebuy all of that inventory, but to essentially double down and get two times as much inventory since I had events and all this other stuff coming up, which that was a huge ordeal. You know, like I hadn't really gotten that, you know, started off to, to, uh, I hadn't been started off for too long and already I was taking a huge financial hit. Um, but then after that, like that was the deciding moment of, it really don't matter if your friends don't support you, if your family don't support you, this is going to touch somebody, mm-hmm. you know? And, and after I made the legalized blackness design, I mean, to be honest, like I knew that this would blow up. I didn't know when, but I knew eventually it was going to go. And in 2020, once we had, you know, the protests and the riots and, and everything that was going on then, um, you know, all, all the, the black bodies that were dropping in the streets, especially at the hands of police, it was like, that was the time when this shirt blew up. You know, everybody who owned it, everybody who owned a, a hoodie, a mask, a, a, a long sleeve, a t-shirt, anything, they were wearing it to the protest. You know, they were posting it online. They were, you know, posting it with these long captions of, you know, how this current time and these current events were affecting them. And that was kind of the moment that I realized, like, this is something that's way bigger than myself. You know, I think for a while I had always looked like, oh, you know, it might reach distant areas of Washington. But, you know, I mean, for the most part, it it might just be like a Seattle brand. But it's like, I mean, I was in Sweden. I was sending stuff to Australia. I mean, out of the country. And so it was that moment where I was like, okay, this is. This is like way bigger than myself, <laughs> way bigger than myself. I mean, we had like 300 order. We had orders rolling in. Like there was a month where we did like 40K in one month, mainly off legalized black shirts. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, like, honestly, um, first when I made the decision, you know, the, the first when I made the decision to, to double down on, on, on my inventory was when I really had to choose to believe in myself. And then second, once I saw the way that my messages affected other people. I mean, I still get messages to this day. That's like, you know, when I wear your product for me, it's not just a product. Like it actually instills a sense of pride. It makes me feel like I walk outside with my head a little bit higher when I wear your product. And that to me means something, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that is the stuff that keeps me going. And that's kind of how I got started with, you know, like 
this is way bigger than myself and I, I have to keep going. And that that's super dope. And one thing that uh, I had mentioned uh, before we got on here was about how when I had a chance, I had a chance to come to your pop up and then, you know, actually see the products and in person and, and get that experience. And I know that you had your family in there working with you. Um, wanted to ask if you have any particular people that you want to shout out or show love to that have been big helps to you along the way as you've been building this thing um, and just wanted to give you the floor to, to do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, my mom and my grandma, for starters, uh, I mean, they've always been, you know, they're always there at the pop-ups and people, you know, they're like the two people you're going to see behind the table with me at just about all the events. Um, a friend of mine's Holly Michelle, also a great artist in the Seattle area. Make sure you check out her music, but she's always there to help me set up, take down pretty much anything I need with my business. She's, she's always there to help. A friend of mine who recently moved, but uh, Bailey Williams, uh, she's out doing her creative thing with Please Come Again. Um, but when I was in my starting stages, you know, she was somebody who I leaned on a lot. I even took her out of state with me to do an event. Um, Michael Weems, one of my best friends, he's like my sounding board. He's the guy who I'm always sending designs to like, hey, does this look OK? Does this, you know, um, his girlfriend, Sophia Schroeder, like she's been over here to help me bag my homegirl, Emily Bando and her wife. Like, I mean, there's a ton of people that honestly, even though they're not officially a part of the entity and the company, it's like, I mean, it, this company wouldn't come together if I didn't have the help of friends who were willing to come down here and bust me, you know, help me bust down 500 shirts to fold, bag and tag, mm -hmm. or, you know, somebody who's willing, like my mom, who's willing to help me write handwritten notes on everybody's package that we send out, plus drop stuff off at the post office when I can't make it. Like, I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that I have to do on my own. And it helps when you have people in your corner that you can rely on for sure. And then uh, because I'm always interested when my guests come on, uh, especially for you, because you have a, a few different things going on um, and that you manage, what is your daily routine like? So like when you wake up in the morning, get the crust out your eye, brush your teeth to when you go to <laughs> sleep and you laying down for that well-needed rest, what is your daily routine like? Now, I'm not going to lie right now. My routine is a little bit all over the place since I added in this new like graduate school plus accounting. <laughs> uh, but prior for me, before before I added in those two uh, two pieces, I was pretty much like wake up. I usually am up fairly early, like five thirty, six o'clock. It's really hard for me to sleep in even on the weekends. Um, but you know, I'm usually up fairly early. Uh, I try to get in like a 15 to 30 minute at home workout, you know, just quick lifting abs, legs, you know, just like small stuff that I can do around the house. I have, uh, like a pull-up bar here. Um, and then obviously shower, get dressed, whatever. And then I'm coming upstairs to clock on, um, for my day at work. I usually work until about four or five. And then from there it's go time. Like <laughs> as soon as I, as soon as I clock off, it's like, all right, what has to get done for undefined, whether that's filing taxes, fulfilling orders, updating the website, uploading new products, taking pictures of new products. Like, I mean, there's literally always something that has to be done. Um, and I think, yeah. And then right now it's kind of like, instead of doing undefined immediately after work, I'm doing school immediately after work. And then uh, if there's anything that's priority for undefined, like stuff has to go out, I'll squeeze it in before classes. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, school takes a lot of my time right now. It's like probably a three to four hour day job right now. So um, that's taken a huge amount of time. 
And then weekends is really, it's more work. It's all grinding. <laughs> weekends is more homework and uh, getting stuff done for undefined. So, yeah, I mean, but in terms of staying organized, before I added these two new items to my plate, I was pretty good about time blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would specifically say like, hey, I'm off the clock every day, no later than 430. I don't care what's left on the calendar, clocking off at this time and I'm letting everybody know that I'm off. And then from that, to you know, from five o'clock after I'm able to get a little snack and some rest till seven o'clock, I'm, you know, doing homework until eight o'clock, I'm doing homework. And then from eight to nine, I have time to run undefined plus squeeze in some food. And then maybe from, you know, uh, uh, nine to 10 or 10 to 11, I can do some of the other accounting stuff. Um, so yeah, generally in terms of like trying to stay organized, I try to time block and then I'm getting back into using the handwritten planner because this here phone plan, you know, calendar just doesn't do it now. So. <laughs> and things are a little bit more sticky when you write them down too. So For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you. I definitely have a handwritten planner and I'm trying to get better at using it on a daily basis instead of mm-hmm. like a, a weekly basis, but it's always good to just flush out your thoughts, get it out. And then it just helps you decompress a little bit and then, you know, get organized, get focused. And um, mm-hmm. I also want to ask, how do you, how do you rest and how do you recharge? Like, how do you, you know, retreat and then, you know, get your time for you and then, you know, to be able to keep going and stay motivated. I'm shutting everything off and I'm vending out <laughs> for me. Like if I, cause if I really have to disconnect, like it takes a lot for me to really reach that point. Cause like, I really, I feel like there's never really a good time. Like when is there ever really a good time to not get work done when you have time to get work done? Um, and for me, I think it's hard to have downtime because a lot of times I just don't feel like I'm being as productive as I could be during the time. Um, but I think especially lately, like you could probably hear it in my voice, like I've actually been forced to sit down, you know, like sometimes that's what happens. Like my body is just like, all right, you've been going too hard for too long. I'm going to get you sick because that's the only thing that's going to, you know, make you sit down for, for a couple of days. Um, but outside of that, I really just have to unplug. Like I can't have, I can't have my phone next to me. I can't have like anything where anybody can reach me. It has to be away. Um, and then I'll usually just take a couple hours and like veg out watching TV or something. Cause you really don't have to have any mental processes for <laughs> watching TV or listening to music or listen to a podcast or something like that. Um, but yeah, I try to fully unplug and disconnect so that I can't be reached by anybody for at least a couple of hours and really just not do anything for work um, in terms of work, like homework or any of that. And then I'm also trying to get a little bit better about trying to meditate, even though sometimes it's hard to like silence the mind, you know, um, but I find that it like calms me a lot. So meditation is it's slowly but surely becoming um, a friend of mine. So that's what's up. And of course, you always got to invest in your in your mental. So whatever you can do to yeah. get that right, whether it's like you said, vegging out, watching TV, meditating or, you know, just having a minute of solitude and not, you know, being distracted by anything. So I definitely feel you on all of those. So um, time for one of my favorite segments of Black Fridays or not one of my favorite segment of Black Fridays. I call it Freestyle Fridays. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on this uh, geeked up beat by Jeezy and I'm going to need you to give me at least eight bars. At least eight bars, eight bars. 
<laughs> you know you're talking to somebody who's absolutely not a rapper. Right? Like, I might be able to give you a good one to two. <laughs> All right, so I got good news for you. Based on that, I that is not what that's not what Freestyle Fridays is. So Freestyle Fridays is actually an assortment of random questions. They all about you, and then only got two rules. You just answer every question, and you got to answer honestly. Oh yeah, that's good. I got okay. you. Okay, perfect. So let's that. get into it. Pancakes or waffles? This is this should be a layup. Waffles. Really? Yeah. I'm, that I'm is just... a layup. Waffles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pancake person, so you know. But hey, waffle. I have no business. With, I have no issues with waffles. All right. All right. Yeah, they they all go into the same place. So, but I, if I had to take, if I take one. <laughs> Waffles for sure. Um, if only if your cell phone only did one of these three functions, which one would you prefer it did? FaceTime, phone, phone call, or text message? Phone call. If it was like five years ago, I would have said text message. But now I'm like, yeah, bro, this type of text, it takes too much time. Just give me a quick call. It gets over 30 seconds. Put the phone down and call. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to get to a type of person. So, yeah, definitely call. I'm with you. I would I would use it for its original purpose and just do the phone call. Just hit my line and let's go from there. Uh, what's the last thing you listen to mm-hmm. in your car? What's the last song you listen to in your car? Uh, dang. Okay, it's either between uh, BVS from Your Highness's new drop tutorials or TikTok from Holly Michelle's new EP that she just dropped called Vibe. So one of those two, because I've actually been playing both of them them, them projects on like repeat. <laughs> okay, for sure. Local love, gotta love the locals. For sure. And uh, who would you say is your favorite artist, song, or album of all time? You don't have to give all three, but if you know all three, you can. But Ooh. favorite album, artist, or song of all time? Dang. Now you about to make me sweat. I don't even know how to answer <laughs> that one. Favorite favorite song, artist, or album? Okay, you know what? I think one of my favorite albums right now is probably Lauren Hill Uncut. Mm. She's got she's she she's got she's got some gems on there. She's got some gems. She she's down there talking that talk. You know, so yeah, that, that's 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 one of my faves for sure. Hey, I'll take that. Anything Lauren Hill, I am good with. That is good in my book. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too much of a fan of like all the new age rap. So, <laughs> okay, and this this is the first part of the the next one. Are you do you cook? Are you a good cook or consider yeah. yourself? Okay, so you yeah. get down, you get down in the kitchen. Perfect. So you're cooking dinner. You got five dinner guests that's coming over. They can be anybody you want them to be, but you got to put together a dinner party of five and then including yourself. So it'd be six and you making the meal. What five people are you inviting over? They could be dead or alive, famous, not famous. What five people you putting in the, in the building? I'm bringing Nip for sure. I'm bringing... I'm bringing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and I'm bringing Malcolm X because I feel like having both of them at the table would be whew, jibs, all types of history, lessons, just stuff that you wouldn't even think about. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
think I might reserve a table at the, you know, spot at the table for Hove, you know, got to gotta see what Jay's input is. You know, he has that conglomerate. He's got that business mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset. You know, you can pick his brain. One more. So it's, it's right now it's too woke at the table. You got to get you got to get the fun guest in there. Nah, man, I love like, woke is fun for me. You know, I need, I need, I need that. I need that. I need that. Feed, feed my brain. I feel you. I Dang. feel you. Who, who, who is a wild card? Don't let, don't let me jade your, your dinner guest. That I'm just putting it out there. You know what? If I was trying to make it funny, I just might invite him out. Okay. Like if I was if I was trying to have somebody who could like lighten the load a little bit, you know, yeah. I, I just might invite Kevin. But yeah, I don't think it would be for like you know like because <laughs> yeah. he he's going to troll each and every one of them for sure. And I and Martin Luther King probably going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> what would you say is the best cereal of all time? Mm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not even a fan of cereal because I never liked milk. Uh, <laughs> but I probably have to go with Fruit Loops. Okay. I'm a I'm a Lucky Charms person. So <clears throat> see, I could do the Lucky Charms dry, but I'm not gonna Lucky Charms with no milk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's what most people say, which is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, you got to eat the marshmallows. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts. Uh, let's see. Do y'all, because I don't know if y'all, I like to ask this to people. I'm, have you ever been to Waffle House before? Let me put that out there. Yeah, I went once. It was not that, it was it was a little overrated, but. Okay. So what what's your food spot? Because I'm still getting acclimated and familiar with the Seattle area. Like what's the, what's the go-to like food spot? <laughs> be revealing on my spots on the like <laughs> no, I think uh probably one of my one of my favorite Mexican spots to hit in Seattle is definitely Fogon. Mm-hmm. Uh one of my couple of my favorite black owned spots that are uh, one of them that I feel like slept on is uh fish and chips, mm-hmm. uh, Emerald City fish and chips. Um and then I fuck with catfish, catfish jack, you know, catfish mm-hmm. corner. Um, oh, let me do this. The communion. There's a few. Communion. There's a few. So I've been to I've been to um, Catfish Corner, and then I also been to Communion. So I was gonna let me do this. What's your soul food plate? So you got an opportunity. It's none but soul food in front of you. What mm. you putting on your plate? Oh, the first greens. plate. The first plate that you're making. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> greens, mac and cheese. I could do some uh some like some some braised some braised bis- brisket or something like that. Um or fried chicken if you got it, you know, whatever's clever. Uh potato salad, but only if it's made good. And definitely the same for greens too. Like I'm real picky about my greens. Like if you ain't got that oomph to it, mm-hmm. I don't even want it. Don't even want it. <laughs> um cornbread, it could be hot water or at the pan. Um, I'm not really a fan of the yams, so sorry, guys. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that's that's probably about it. No, oh yeah, so you don't you don't you don't do dairy, so I'm assuming no mac and cheese. No, I said mac. I said mac. Oh, you said mac. Mac okay. was number two. Mac was number oh, two after okay. three. Oh, come on, okay. man. Yeah, right. come almost, on, man. Almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Perfect. 
trip. You got mac and greens. I could get by just okay. <laughs> the part, see, yo, you missing out because when the when the mac and cheese touch the yams, it's um, a magical experience. Yeah, nah, uh, I'm pass on that magic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. And then, do you have a favorite quote uh, or saying that you that you go by, or a personal mantra? Mm. Nah, not really. Actually, I don't. I should probably develop one, but I don't. Okay. I really, honestly. Just go day by day and try to figure out how to be better than I was yesterday. <laughs> That's probably, uh, you know, and I guess you can consider that a mantra. I was going to say that might, that might actually be the mantra. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. And what's the last book that you read? Or a book that you really like? Mm. Uh, shoot, I have a book downstairs actually that I'm in the middle of reading right now and I forgot what it's called. I think it's called like Black Love Arts or Black Arts, one of the two. Um, one of the ones that I really enjoyed was, uh, it was Tanasi, Tanasi P. Coates' book. I forgot the name of it though. Um, but it's essentially like a letter that he wrote to his future son talking about, you know, how it was and how it feels to be Black in America. Oh, uh, um, is it Between the World and Me? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Could not think of the name. Yes. I love that book. Um, yeah. I mean, ever since I got out of school, I had gotten a lot more into reading because obviously like when you're in school, you get tired of reading textbooks. You don't want to come home and read no more. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely, I have, I have a few that I'm, I'm meaning to read. I still have the uh, Just As I Am book that Cicely Tyson wrote before she passed. So I actually mm-hmm. have that on my, right next to my bed, waiting to get read, cracked open. Um, yeah, I have a few, I have a few, I have a few. Okay. Yeah. So you, you read some good stuff. So (laughs) yeah, I definitely, I try, I honestly, I try to, I think the most stuff that I read is stuff that talks about black culture, um, and, and, you know, just our place in America, essentially kind of where we come from and where we are now. Um, I think that stay, especially in the field that I'm in, right, staying up to date with like what's going on, the politics, learning how to properly conversate when you're in the room with the right people, um, but being well articulated on that topic because this is very well a space that I feel like I, I occupy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, you have to be knowledgeable when you occupy spaces. So thousand percent couldn't agree with you more so i appreciate you engaging in my shenanigans for freestyle friday but you passed successfully so (laughs) on that and uh the next portion of what i like to do with my guests is i call it friday flex and then it's just the opportunity for you to big up yourself in regards to something that you might be proud of that you did recently big or small but anything that you might want to give yourself a pat on the back for doing um that comes to memory or that was recent just because a lot of times people don't really get the space to do that or really reflect. So I always want to give my guests the floor to, you know, be able to do that. Yeah, uh, I think too. So last year we hit a super monumental year. Um, we were actually able to make a hundred grand in a year, which as a company who's only been around for like, you know, two and a half years at the time, like that was huge. And at that point I was really, and, and still am pretty much running everything myself and out of my home. 
Um, so I think that for me, and then two, uh, the pop-up shop that you came to, um, as long as, you know, I've been in operation and the fine clothing has been in operation, we've never had any type of an in-store shopping experience. And so that was literally the first time ever that we were able to take over a space and do just a solo pop-up where it was just us. Um, so, I mean, for me, that was like, it, it was a huge feat. I was really nervous about doing it, you know, not knowing how much to bring out, how many people were going to show up, you know? So, um, but it was just nice to get out there and, and really get started for like the first time. I think, and I, I think it also put in this perspective that like, I need a store. <laughs> right. you, show, you saw how much inventory right. it was like, that, yeah. well, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of designs. So, Yeah. First, congratulations on both of those. And then second, yeah, you definitely need your own store because I, it looked like it was your store. Like people that, like I knew it was a pop-up because I had told my friends about it and they came mm-hmm. with me. But they would, if I wouldn't have said that, they would have just thought that was your store and your <laughs> yeah, you Y'all did a great job setting it up and putting everything together. Thank you, thank you. And if I could jump back into uh, a few uh, business-related questions, just wanted to, in the essence of Black Fridays, uh, why do you feel like it's important for us to support our black businesses and, and professionals? Um, quite frankly, uh, the black dollar has uh, spent the shortest amount of time in our community. If you look at anybody else's dollar for any other anybody else's group, uh, I mean, it passes through their hands and through their community a lot before it leaves a lot more than than ours do. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, um, I feel like we have the largest buying power. You know, we we yes. we spend a ridiculous amount of money. That's why all of the hair shops and the corner stores and everything else that you can find is in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just we don't we have poor spending habits. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's for me, black economics, strengthening our understanding of financial literacy has always been huge to me. And that's partly why I studied um, business. You know, I mean, even now I I have eBooks that teach other people how to go out and start a clothing brand, Mm -hmm. how to, you know, what are the basics of running a business? What, how do I get set up? How do I, you know, what, what are the basics of, of understanding business taxes? How do I file on a quarterly or monthly basis? How do I file on a yearly basis? Uh, What is a pass through tax? So there's all these different aspects that, uh, go into running a business that I think have very real effects on our economics and our culture. I mean, that's exactly why they burn, burn down Black Wall Street. You know, they they don't like seeing a self-sufficient group of Black people. And, you know, that's, that's always what I push for. And once we can really understand our finances, um, how we spend, where we should best spend, like... <laughs> we can start making some changes, you know, like if we really truly collectively came together as a group, as a black community and decided that on black Friday, we would literally not spend any money with corporations. Mm-hmm. Do you know what would happen? They'd be in trouble. They would be in more than trouble. <laughs> like the, the corporations rely on black Friday to bring their, their end of the year sales home. If we did not turn out in mass droves to buy from all these white folks and white corporations and instead we spent our money with black businesses and they spent their money with black suppliers and they spent their money with black factories do you know how much that would you know strengthen our dollar and strengthen our community and i think that that's i feel like honestly in this country power is attached to money Mm -hmm. and until we learn how to control our money we will not have any power 
And that for me is, I I think, what it boils down to. Like, if we want to be a true self-sufficient group of people, if we don't want to have to rely on the government, if we don't want to have to rely on bailouts, we don't want to have to rely on white corporations um, to be our saviors, then at some point we got to decide to invest in ourselves and invest in our businesses. And that to me is super important. Like for me, if I, if I have the opportunity to do business with a black supplier, I'm going to do that before I do business with anybody else. I'm going to look intentionally for three to five black suppliers before I look at anybody else, because I want this money to go in somebody in my community's pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that if all of us had that same energy and weren't so quick to go buy Gucci, but instead, you know, like, I mean, spend $40 and go buy a shirt from your local black owned business. Do you know how much that makes a difference? Gucci don't care about this $300 shirt that you buy in and it only costs them $5 to make. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I think it really just gets back to knowing who you spend your money with and knowing where you're knowing where your money is going and knowing that at the end of the day, it's going towards your culture and furthering your community. And I think that that's honestly why it's important to support black businesses. Well said. And I agree with you uh, a thousand percent. And I think that uh, even with small businesses, especially small black owned businesses, I've seen a a few posts where it was like, um, you know, you purchase something from a large corporation or target or something like that. You help the CEO make their bonus, but you purchase them from a small business. You help that person you paying for their kids dance recital, you paying, helping them pay rent that month or whatever the case may be. So, you know, just also taking those type of things into account. And then, like you said, most importantly, uh, making sure that the money circulates in our communities to help, you know, economically empower us um, overall at the end of the day, because, you know, that money talks for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So and I think I, I think we have like I, I think we kind of almost have like black folks. Right. We have kind of like this these crabs in a bucket kind of mentality. It's like we have to fight upon each other because it's like we almost feel like there's no way for us to elevate. So it's like I got to fight for what I can get on this level, you know, and it's like I think that that a lot of times prevents people from supporting other people that are in their community. And then, you know, twofold is, oh, well, you made it. So why couldn't I? I don't know if I want to support you because you made it and why could not? And it's like, we have to get out of the mindset of, you know, because you're winning, that doesn't mean that I, I can't win or I don't have an opportunity. Cause quite frankly, you win. It means now there's jobs opened up. Maybe instead of being the, the lineman for this white company now, I could be one of the managing uh, partners or, or our marketing manager or whatever department, departmental manager for a black owned company that I actually want to feel comfortable working in and for and with. So it's like, I mean, I think a lot of times we just have to get step outside of ourselves and realize that it's like, we don't need to be fighting each other. We need to be banding together to fight others. And until we kind of come to that realization, I think we're kind of just going to be stuck in limbo, you know? Most definitely. And um, I want to ask you as far as, uh, everything that you have going on. So like you're making a lot of moves right now, of course, for the future and to continue to do what you're doing. What is next for you? What do you see kind of the vision for um, Undefined? Uh, what's the vision for you? Like what? what's the next steps? Um, what's the bigger picture? 
Yeah, I think next step is gonna have to be a store because baby, <laughs> like right now I'm in uh, probably one of the inventory rooms as you can see upstairs, mm-hmm. and you know I mean a lot of the inventory is still in bins just because I haven't unpacked them, you know, all of it from um, the pop up shop. But yeah, definitely next step I think for me is probably gonna have to be getting a store. Like, um, you know, uh, a customer of mine made a really good point during the summer, you know, and she was like you have a great quality product, Mm -hmm. but nobody would know it from looking online. The reality is that right now we're in the day and age of Etsy where everybody, you know, is taking vinyl and they're heat pressing it and they're pumping out t-shirts, you know, all day. I'm like, that's cool. But, you know, I think for when you're trying to create a brand, you might have to do something that's going to last a lot longer than vinyl. Like, for example, my, you know, these, this, this should never really wash off or chip or anything, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but like to that point, yeah, I mean, it's for, for, for me, it's going to be really cementing my footprint in Seattle and then growing past it. Like the reality is that Seattle didn't even realize that I was a Seattle brand until last year. Um, like people didn't even realize until they got their package. They're like, oh my God, you're, you're in Seattle. Like I literally had no idea this was a Seattle brand, mm-hmm. but I still get people who are from California that are like, oh, you know, I wanted to buy this and I'm pretty sure you guys are local, aren't you? So can't I just come pick up? And I'm like, nah, bro, definitely in Washington state, you can't come pick up. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the next step is for sure cementing our, our place and our space in Seattle and then kind of growing outward and getting back into a lot of events. Prior to COVID, we were doing um, events in California a lot because, you know, they're, they're pretty close and it's not too expensive to ship down there. Um, but they also have a very large Black community um, in L.A. and they have really large events out there. Um, one of them being the Taste of Soul, another one being the Black Joy Parade that takes place in Oakland. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be getting a store and, you know, just going hard on the events and then really starting to push on the marketing. I know you said that you think I do a good job with the marketing earlier, but boy, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> like, honestly, for me, it, it, it gets hard. You know, like I have yeah. I have a personal page, you have a business page, you have a TikTok, you have a Twitter. You have, like there's just so like it's really a full time job to be a, a social media person. Like I used to talk so much shit, like, Oh my God, you, you guys just tweet all day. Like I could do that. And it don't take, yeah, it does take that long. You know, you got to look at analytics. You got to know what's working, what's not, you got to change your strategies. And today I literally have not done any paid marketing. I haven't ran an ad. I haven't like paid anybody to do it. I haven't done any of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us, that's really going to be the next step and what we're going to need to kind of take the business to the next level and get, outside of the folks who already know us now is to really kind of start mass marketing. Um, and I think we'll probably start doing that uh, around the holiday season this year. So it's interesting you say that. And that sparked a, a question for me, um, like, because I think about support black colleges and like the brand that they have. Yeah. And like, that's how I kind of envision, you know, where this is heading uh, next. Have you been able to like draw inspiration from them, like kind of like the moves that they make or type of products that they make? And like, I, just out of curiosity, um, brands like that, have you like, do you pay attention to that? And like, you know, I can make moves like that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, a large part of being in business is studying other people's uh, downfalls and successes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, 
three of the brands that I followed very closely and still follow, but, you know, very closely as I was getting started, just to kind of study like what they were doing, how they were growing, how they were marketing is uh, support black colleges. As you mentioned, um, I've actually been on a few clubhouse sessions with uh, Corey and uh, I think his name is like Corey Avenger mm-hmm. and um, Justin, the, the two co-founders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they drop a lot of free game on, um, on clubhouse, you know? And so I've been in, in different rooms with them, um, kind of pitched and asked for assistance with marketing ideas. Uh, God is dope is another one that I watch, mm-hmm. um, have watched closely because quite frankly, like they, um, if I would have just stuck to the one design, that would have been, I think what I've kind of would have mirrored a little bit more because, you know, they really have like that one saying and they just flip it a hundred different ways. And it really just started with like the one design on multiple different colored t-shirts. And now they have the freedom to be able to do a lot more. Um, and then world envisioned as well out of Louisiana. Um, but all these companies are black owned and they're all people that I watch closely because quite frankly, they all got it out the mud. I mean, started with literally nothing and now they have really big, um, huge businesses. I think that I would probably be a bit closer to, um, maybe a support black colleges just because of like the, the variation of different products that they've released in their past, um, as well as their price marks. And the one thing that I've noticed about kind of world and vision and God is dope is that they kind of occupy almost like the Walmart space of t-shirts, so to speak. So they do, um, way smarter, smaller margins, but mm-hmm. way bigger volume. Um, and so like those smaller margins are able to, or the, the larger volume is able to compensate for the smaller margins. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of other brands do it the opposite way, which is like, you know, they charge a lot more for their products and um, then they don't sell as much. Right. Or they had, it takes them a bit more time to grow up to that point. But, you know, in saying that it's always harder to uh, raise your prices than it is to drop them. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Facts. And, and that's amazing. That's dope that you have been able to draw inspiration from them, follow them. And like you said, a huge part of business is being able to know what people did right and then also know what people did wrong to, you know, help make sure that you're staying on the, the right track. So that's dope for sure that that you've been able to, you know, keep your ear to the streets in regards to that. And uh, for you, I want to um, uh, ask you to let the people know if they want to tap in with you and they want to follow the journey, they wanted to purchase, um, they want to support the brand. What's your handles? What's your website? How can people get in contact with you? Yeah, of course. Uh, you can always find us online at www.liveundefined.us, L-I-V-E-U-N-D-E-F-I-N-E-D. Um, you can find us on Instagram at underscore undefined clothing. You can find us on Twitter, uh, at legalized blackness uh, that's spelled legalize and then blackness is spelled b-l-k-n-e-s-s since you know you got a character restraint on twitter <laughs> um, and then you can also find us on uh, facebook at um, undefined clothing.18 which that's the year that we started 2018 so a little bit of a variation of handles but um, yeah, and you can pretty much find all of this straight from our Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, we actually have a link tree up there and it'll take you to, you know, all of the different um, social media platforms as well as our website. Excellent. Well, I know that your time is money and I know that you're out here hustling, making moves. So I will not I will do my best not to keep you too much longer. But this was amazing. I think that everything that you're doing is amazing and very important for your community and then communities uh, similar to uh, the one that you come from. And I think a lot of people can get inspiration from it, get a lot of confidence from it, get some dope merchandise from it. 
Um, and so I encourage everybody to definitely support the mission, support the brand, support the person. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, this is going to blow up and, and, you know, just keep going and doing everything that you're doing. And uh, yeah, I love to see and support businesses like yours and, and the things that you got going on. So much appreciated that you was able to, to pull up the Black Fridays and um, accepted the, the invite. And uh, yeah, this is great. I learned something new, which is always uh, appreciated. So, you know, uh, once again, it was great to have you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go tap in now and, and go listen to every single one of your podcasts. So now you don't send me <laughs> off into a little rabbit hole. But uh, no, nah, I mean, I, I definitely always uh, appreciate being able to share space with, you know, black creatives and, and folks that are from, you know, the area um, or even just from the community in general. So thank you so much for having me and for creating this space. For sure. Most definitely. So um Appreciate you and we'll we'll be tapping in soon for sure. And then everybody else, make sure to tune in for another episode of Black Fridays. Appreciate y'all. And then I'll talk to y'all soon.